Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Health organisations around the world are currently scrambling to prepare for a wave of post-COVID illness that we still know very little about. Long COVID is the term currently being used to describe the symptoms that continue or develop after the initial COVID-19 symptoms. According to the World Health Organization, long COVID has developed in about 30% of those infected with COVID-19 after their initial recovery from infection. Common symptoms of long COVID include fatigue, shortness of breath, cognitive dysfunction, but also others which generally have an impact on everyday functioning. Researchers in New Zealand have begun to tackle the question of long COVID. This research is building on key insights from studies of another post-viral condition, myalgic encephalomyelitis, otherwise known as chronic fatigue syndrome. The striking similarities between ME-CFS and long COVID in terms of the symptoms and the demographic that they affect has led some experts to postulate that long COVID could actually be a subtype of ME-CFS. Warren Tate is a biochemist at the University of Otago who has dedicated much of his research to MECFS. He believes that long COVID and MECFS are sister illnesses because of the core symptoms that they share. Tate is currently collaborating alongside Auckland cellular immunologist Dr. Anna Brooks to study long COVID and post-viral illness more comprehensively. Tate's interest in long COVID and his 30-year involvement in MECFS research stems from his own personal life. After becoming ill in 1990, his daughter has suffered from MECFS since the age of 14. Being in a you know ME family myself, I just I understand these things really well. And so in a way, I'm in a unique position because being a researcher as well as someone who's you know lived the talk the talk and live <laughs> lived it, you know. Uh, you have a much better understanding and, and empathy, really. MECFS has a long and unfortunate history. Once maligned and often still neglected by the medical establishment, little research has been done into an illness which has blighted the lives of millions across the world for many years, largely due to the misconception that it was a psychosomatic disorder and not a physiological one. There wasn't kind of worldwide interest in the disease or interest from a coordinated health profession or investment in understanding what it was about. And one of the characters that has come out of this was a British psychiatrist called Simon Wesley, who was Sir Simon Wesley, who was the president of the Royal Psychiatric Society in Britain and studied MECFS for about 20 years from the 1980s through to early 2000s. And despite the fact that he agreed that it had a viral origin, he thought it was a perception disorder. That is to say, people were perceiving their symptoms, perceiving their disability, and basically it was an opting out of life kind of syndrome where everything was just too hard to do anything. And so that influenced all of the UK thinking and uh, young people, uh, like my daughter came down with this illness when she was 14, young people like that were often taken away from their families and put in psychiatric institutions, and some of them just withered away and died. Um, it was just terrible. It was internationally recognised research conducted by Tate that helped prove to the world that this disease wasn't merely a perception disorder but an actual physiological illness. I was determined, uh, uh, towards the end of my research career, I thought it would be possible to try and work on it and, and, and find, if there were one, a biological basis for the disease. And we managed to find 
molecular signatures in the end of 2020. So that's what I set out to do mm. without much money or support from mm. mainstream investment agencies, mm. even though I've been on the Health Research Council board for seven years and, and chaired the Biomedical uh, Research Committee. But it wasn't seen as a, an important enough disease, even though it affected 25,000 New Zealanders. Tate believes that the surge in interest relating to long COVID and post-viral diseases may be a blessing in disguise, not only for sufferers of MECFS, but also for researchers trying to better understand these illnesses. What's happened with COVID is that everybody understands what COVID is. It's not just a boutique disease, you know, in Iceland somewhere affecting 500 people. It's affected 500 million people. And so it's everywhere. And the medical profession worldwide have, have woken up to, you know, to, to this. And no one uh, doubts the fact that long COVID, which develops from COVID, is not a biological disease because they've seen the COVID epidemic and they've seen these people get ill as a result of what we call long COVID now. And they've seen it directly related to COVID. So the blessing in disguise, you know, much as, you know, it's horrible to think people are, uh, going to be developing long COVID, is that the belief in the disease is, you know, profound now. Mm. And what we hope is ME-CFS people will be able to piggyback on this. Mm. Not only um, the belief, but money. I mean, money was just starting to come before the pandemic. In, in the US, there was a report from the Academy of Science Institute of Medicine and they said MECFS has been a neglected disease. It's been a disgrace that the medical profession hasn't taken it more seriously and care, you know, in terms of putting in for caregivers and things like that. So the, I, I celebrated because the NIH said they were going to put $2 million into this research. That was amazing, you know. After um, COVID and then long COVID developing, the promises has been dollars has has been promised to go into it. So that's the difference it's made. According to Tate, the similarities between the diseases mean that by using MECFS as a model, researchers looking into long COVID have a head start, if only they choose to acknowledge it. Unfortunately, what's happening at the moment is quite a few long COVID papers being published without any reference to MECFS. In other words, here we have a model for the disease, MECFS has come from multiple sources, multiple different viruses. You know, endemically in our student community now, it's uh, glandular fever is a common cause. About 30% of all cases, you would say, probably come from glandular fever. In the case of COVID, of course, with so many more, uh, we have 500 million across the world, and it looks like about 30% of people uh, certainly with the earlier strains, not so sure about Omicron, um, they go on to develop long COVID. So if you do the maths, you know, we're talking about a third of 500 million, putting a burden of, you know, 150 million or so on on the world of this uh, illness. In New Zealand's case, because in the first stages of COVID, we didn't get many cases relatively. So we have 25,000 MECFS people. And at the moment, we have just a few hundred uh, long COVIDs that are known. The impact that long COVID will have on the health system is predicted to be significant. From Warren's perspective, when it comes to long COVID, the response needs to be different than what it was with MECFS. You know, really, you would say the MECFS, the health uh, response to that is chaotic. I mean, many um, clinicians don't have any idea 
what the disease is about so their patients go and see them so the the care across the country is very dependent on which doctor you go and see um there's not any kind of current therapies really available and so it's really a management strategy for the disease and, and you relying on a doctor who is pretty sort of up to date with that um there hasn't been any teaching in medical school you know and now I, each year i go back and i'm asked to give to teach in that module uh, and so students at least from otago have been getting some idea of what mecfs is like so for mecfs it's been chaotic so what do we need and and long uh, the covid and long covid might be the answer what we need is consistent at the ministry of health level well, understanding of the condition and clinical guidelines that go out to all uh, clinicians so that every patient that goes to a clinician will have the chance of having a consistent um understanding in the doctor and also a consistent treatment i think we have to ensure that in medical schools both medical schools there is discussion of this disease and its biological basis and um you know what we're trying to do is to completely cleanse the idea of that it's got a psychological basis and unfortunately that's still getting uh, mileage in medical school so um so that's something we can do Tate also believes it is critical that we group the two diseases MECFS and long covid together because they are very much the same disease MECFS comes from a heterogeneous initial initiating agent like stresses we thought it was all viruses but now we know that surgery can do it to some people bacterial infections agricultural chemicals um extreme stress in one's life can bring it on long covid of course it's a pure form of emi cfs if you like because there's just one initiating stressor that's covid-19 and so it'll have some characteristics of that initiating virus it won't be identical but we've actually just got data from a first comparative study a pilot study of long covid patients and MECFS age gender matched and it's the first molecular evidence that um long covid is very similar to MECFS and if you like it's a a pure a clone of MECFS so that's what i would sort of call it recently researchers surfaced claiming that to avoid long covid one must take it slow when resuming physical activity after having been infected with covid-19 this ties into a common symptom often reported by mecfs sufferers post exertional malaise i mean it's it's a cautionary uh, tale so when you have it if you exercise it can make the illness worse that's classic symptom of mecfs we've done a big uh with in the middle of a big study on that now where we're trying to understand kind of what molecular changes are occurring you know after someone exercises fairly extensively one of the reasons is because we think that the stress center in the brain it's in the hypothalamus is um not functioning properly and so you know the brain's got very much disturbed physiological homeostasis all sorts of things going on and you know that would be a kind of a physiological and molecular reason why you'd want to just kind of basically do the rest which what we're um asked to do all of the time if we get the flu or something like that just go you know go go home go to bed rest up have liquids and things like that that's very good advice still While getting long covid will largely come down to the individual and their immunological response Warren offers simple advice as to how to avoid increasing your risk of getting it 
So certainly not going out and running half marathons and things like that, you know, seven days after you've had COVID, I think. Yeah. yeah. Avoiding those kinds of things, just, you know, a gentle uh, resumption of your normal activities. Very hard for students to do, I know. But Long COVID is set to have a significant impact on many communities across Aotearoa. It's Warren's belief that we must take into account the lived experiences from sufferers of MECFS, as well as generate enough awareness around these illnesses to create a better outcome for everyone. After talking to Warren, it's clear that what drives his research is a desire to protect the vulnerable. The main thing is going to be that we um, use the knowledge that long COVID is there and it comes from, uh, you know, a viral disease and it's uh, it's got a biological basis to uh, get better understanding through the community of these post-viral fatigue syndromes. Uh, and also uh, better social support because, you know, the MECFS community have had not had very good social support either. Um, and, you know, so really uh, community knowledge and understanding and, um, you know, looking after vulnerable people really is, is really the message which I uh, try to put forward. Everyone that contacts me is a very gracious respectful and whatever, you know, they're a group of people that you really want to help. Most of Warren Tate's funding for research into these post-viral illnesses comes from unsolicited donations, mainly from families who have been afflicted by MECFS. Upon the request of the New Zealand Disease Association, Warren has set up a donation site through the alumni office at the University of Otago. This link, as well as others which provide support for research into these illnesses, can be found at r1.co.nz forward slash news. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.